it's really about how do we make sure that the the uh, new ways of working works out with, with also how we collaborate with, within the organization. Well, welcome back at this podcast. We're going to have a great conversation again with uh, Johan Alberg, uh, CTO from DCX in Capgemini, Sweden. My name is Frank Wammers. I'm the CTO for Capgemini Europe. And it basically is a follow-up from last time that we had the discussion, Johan. Uh, we talked yeah. about cultures and uh, digital transformation and you know everything that particularly from a, uh, a cultural aspect, transformational aspect, uh, has to go on in companies. And, and the fun part was that when we when we had the talk, the same week, or I believe the week after, you were going to be participating in the conference uh, of IDC in uh, in Sweden. Um, and I was just wondering, you know, next to all the discussions that we had, what did you saw back from our conversation in uh, the conference? Well, hi again. Um, it was a really nice conference with a lot of great content, but and everyone, um, it was a lot of CIOs from the Swedish CIO Award of the Year, um, and all of them basically were talking about how do we make sure that the digital transformation is just not something that we just do because we have to, because we actually need it and we need to change the way we are working internally. And that change, of course, a large part of that change is actually the culture itself. It's not just changing processes. It's not just changing information uh, or information systems. It's really about how do we make sure that the the uh, new ways of working works out with, with also how we collaborate with, within the organizations. And that that was kind of one of the one of the major topics of the conference was taking all this into account. Um, and I think that that it, that turns out really, really good in this conference. Well, why was then also the the the, the transformation of the culture uh, uh, so big? So everybody says, like you know, it's it's the necessity, but is it just like you know everybody's talking to each other and 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 we're we're you know repeating ourselves uh, trapped in some kind of an echo chamber? What, what, what kind of examples did they give? on why this is the necessity or it's the basics of the digital transformation? Actually, it's it's one of the things that they were talking about is that in the Nordics, in Sweden, we, we are really good when it comes to the custom interfaces. We are really good when it comes to the new kind of mobile applications, uh, using uh, new uh, interfaces towards the customers. But on the back end, which is really the, the systems that we are working with inside our, our organizations, they are the opposite. They they are really they have not been following what the tools what you can do, and that's becoming more and more of an issue because you you are not changing the way of working, and when new people uh, get hired into the organizations, they feel stuck with these old systems where they can't really change and create new products and services. So that's the necessity of of really making the change, and and one of the change uh, of the examples was, for instance, in within schools, within the preschools as well. It's it's 
it's how do we make sure that we collaborate within the organizations the best way possible um, using the tool, the new tools, and not just make a change because someone says that we should change. It, it's really, we do it because we understand that this brings value to us and that it brings value to the organizations and customers and in, in school, of course, the, the students and their parents. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. The, I, I had a very sad uh, uh, experience, to be honest, Johan, and I need okay. to tell you because it still bothers. It yeah. still bothers me. It's three three years ago, we had a, our son is uh, was turning to the age that actually had to go to the to the middle school. He was is twelve years old, so we did some fact finding, and I also uh, joined uh, to really see, like you know, what is the school that he was going to to be. What it's going to be like, and I mean, I'm living in a very small village, so there's not lot, lots of choices to to mm -hmm. go to. I'm close to a larger city, but like you know, it's it's really like you know, you've got one or two options. And when we did a, the trip and the round, you know, what what I was struck was there was so little uh, computers within the school. So finally, we got to one computer room. And, and I asked the uh, the teacher who was uh, doing some, gave him some interviews and, you know, just giving some information to the parents and, and to the to the children. And I asked him, I said, you know, what is the what is the computer education that you're giving here in the school? Because I, I see so little computers. He said, well, actually, we've got two rooms. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's a school of 1,600 people, two, two computer rooms. He said, but the issue is not so much... And, and, I, and I talked, I said, you know, I, I think coding for kids is very important, you know, so what are you going to do with ed education, yep. et cetera. And basically he said, it's not the fact that we don't have, that we don't want to have the gear, or it's not that we don't see the importance. The problem is that the teachers are are not capable of, of, of doing this change. So it's not that we don't want to give it. It's basically, you know, the, the teachers are, are not... Uh, able to follow the developments which are going on that's the reason why we uh, why we're not giving uh, anything and actually now this is the first year that they they, they also withdraw computing as uh, as one of the courses that you could actually do your exam in mm -hmm. and for, for me that was a very good signal because sometimes uh, we talk about digital we, in our company we talk about digital inclusion eh? so how do we make sure that with everything that is going on with digitization that actually the the complete population can actually benefit from it rather than only digital literate ones yeah but but if you already saw it on a school like that it's like you know it's not only that you don't want to proceed and and develop yourself but actually you are hurting the whole next generation after you so so mm. what kind of what kind of answers or you know what kind of solutions <laughs> did you see in that conference that would tackle these kind of things well, that, I agree with you. It's kind of sad, and, and this was something that that also was discussed a little bit, um, and everyone agreed that we need to do more. We need to make sure that we give the right kind of tools to the teachers. But in Sweden, there is quite a few schools when when you start gymnasium, for instance, so which is high school in Sweden, Sweden where you are around sixteen years old. In, in many schools, um, and sometimes even the, the um, just before that as well, you uh, you receive a, a, a laptop in school that school pays for, or that you pay 
just you pay partly yourself, but the school is taking care of a large part of that cost. But but it's it's I mean without then having the teachers really um, trained in how to reuse the tools, it's it's just a surfing machine, so to speak, to surf on the internet more than anything else. Uh, and then, of course, what kind of tools, collaboration tools, are they really using within the schools? Um, and unfortunately, I don't see that much of that. Um, and I guess that th this is kind of the problem that we're facing, and that within the proper, without the proper education, also for the teachers and training, how can they, how, how can they make sure that this, our 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 kids and the students get get the best possible uh, education and, and and i'm not sure how it is in the netherlands but in sweden we still don't have a programming in many schools as one one of the the uh, um, subjects that you can take which i th i think is a little bit sad and I know yeah, that within yeah, the and uh, uh, within the conference, it was this um, little bit discussion around that. But of course, it was um, CEOs from from large organizations and medium organizations, and so the discussion around schools was, was mainly because the the, the uh, um, winner for for last year was uh, the city of Stockholm CIO, and she was of course one of her areas is then of course a school yeah, yeah yeah i was already wondering because it's quite interesting that indeed the discussion on schools popped up so uh, now it makes a makes a lot of sense but yeah. what what were what were other insights that you got or what, what were the companies that uh, the denominations of the uh of the uh cio of the year in sweden this year um it was also so the that also is a good indication of whatever what what, what what does the what does the population see as people that are advancing? That's the reason why I'm quite curious. Yeah. So, for instance, it was also the CEO of SKF. Uh, he was one of the nominees, and there was one for one of the building companies, um, which I can't remember the name of today, and also the the CIO for uh, Landsmeterit, which is taking care of all the maps and, and property owning and so on in Sweden. And uh, when it comes to that part, it's interesting because what they are doing is uh, experimenting with um, uh, blockchain, blockchain for property owning in Sweden and, and use, uh, using that as a way of then, of course, uh, uh, assigning contracts and assigning who is, owns what and so on, seeing how can they use blockchain as a technology for for taking care of, of uh, all the uh, ownership of of not just the real estate it's real estates but of course also when it comes to the the the, the land itself which is of course they their mm. main topic so so it was very diverse kind of uh, uh, topics of course skf being a global company and all uh, security was top of mind for him um, because he saw as as that large organization that they have with offices and manufacturing plants across the globe how, how can he make sure that they, the security itself is uh, uh, up to snuff 
um, which is of course a major, major topic for, for him. So it, it, again, it was quite diverse conference with different kind of areas. Um, but one thing that they all talked about was culture and also, of course, innovation. Uh, because they realized that without the speed of, of, of change, um, that has to include not just technology, but also, of course, people. Okay. But what happened then, uh, or what I, what I find striking is that you mentioned traditional firms. Which I can imagine because, you know, it's a CIO firm, so we probably will not nominate a, a startup as, as quickly as you, you would do a traditional CIO. But in the beginning of the talk, you also said, you know, that the Swedish were very good in the front end, in the user interface and, and, and innovations on that part, but perhaps not so good in the adoption of the uh, of the legacy part. And actually, what I now see, I, I'm... I'm doing quite some work in Germany at this moment in time, which is very interesting because, you know, Germany, you would think with the economic growth that they had and they had a German miracle after the crisis, yeah. uh, you know, they, they, they've got everything sorted out. Uh, what, what struck me is that indeed a lot of the companies that I now engage with who all said, you know, we want to go into this digital transformation. We, we need to do two-speed IT, you know, listen a lot to Gartner, I think. Uh, where so. basically we end up in very good fundamental architectural discussions about, you know, but if you want to be more flexible on the front, you have to start building flexible architectures uh, um, consisting of your legacy data. Let me call it like that, because yeah. I don't always think that you have to replace your legacy systems. Sometimes oh. it should, but at least, you know, you should have a different architecture to deal with your with your core data. Um and, and I and it's every discussion that I have comes to like you know you need to do that by the way that immediately has an impact on your competencies and on the culture because for me and that's again linked back to the schools if your people who have been working on your legacy systems don't want to change like the teachers didn't want to change <laughs> we will have the same situation as we are teaching our children how how do you see that in in Sweden, because it's nice to talk about innovation, but if we don't have the flexibility in the back to really start innovating on top of our data, then we're screwed anyway. So, what was the finding, or what was the the, the sense that you got out of the uh, out of the conference on on how that really became a topic for Sweden as well? They all acknowledged, uh, and there's been a number of research uh, around it as well, uh, and that is that Sweden are truly lagging uh, on uh, on changing the, the the way of working internally within the organization so that was kind of kind of everyone agreed to that everyone agreed that yeah we need to do something about it where do we start so that was kind of of one of the topics of 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 the discussions uh, between the different sessions and I think the what I heard in many many of these discussions were that hey, in order to do that change, there is a number of things that we need to do. And I think we had a very good consensus on in uh, all the people in the conference that we if we start by changing the way we are working, we will also be starting to to look at uh, with systems 
do we actually need to change after that? So instead of what we have been doing for, for many years, I, I think, is that we have always said, hey, we need to change the system. And then we believe that that's the magic bullet. And it starts at least to, to uh, understand that, no, it's not. It's actually the way we are working, the way we are working between ourselves and in the organizations. If we start by that, that's going to be simpler than just change the systems because it doesn't really change that much. We just create new stovepipes instead of collaborative working within the different parts of the business or, or the company. Yeah, yeah. So the basically comes to uh, either you can start working on your culture or you start working on your people and then the culture starts uh, changing uh, itself. Yeah. So start working with the people. Start working with how they, how how they how they do things, and by doing that, will it, will there be a, will, will there be a challenge for the Swedish? Because on of one course. hand, you know the the thing that struck me always is that they're quite open, yeah. uh, but yet there is still this conservative layer underneath it. <laughs> yeah, so we have. You, we have you, 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 <laughs> yeah, you know, a consensus model in Sweden. It's kind of crazy. Everyone has to agree. Uh, so it takes ages and ages for everyone to agree to any anything really. So decision making could be some will take some long time, especially within public organizations. Uh, within companies, it's a little bit easier. Um, so, but the good thing about that is once we have decided, hey, this is what we should do, everyone is behind that, and everyone is really working together towards that common goal. So I think that even though it takes ages to start doing the change, once we have realized that we really need to do that change, it will go much faster. And that is also, when I was working at IDC as an analyst, that is part of the research I did was that actually we could prove that that's the case. Once we have started, we are faster than any in other countries, but it takes longer for us to start. Then it's okay, kind of, well, but then it's kind of, but then it's kind of funny. Why are we then so fast when it comes to the customer interfaces? And I guess that's because sales and marketing, they are doing what they want to do and, and creating shadow IT and don't care about the rest. Um, which could be a good thing, actually. Well, the fun part is, you know, but uh, I always, I always look, like to look at organization as something that you could engineer. Uh, but, 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 you know, but too little people actually do. But the question is, is like, you know, how can we then, you know, inflict some of, of those people or that thinking into the rest of the organization? So rather than thinking, oh, it's the guys from yeah. sales marketing, it's the cowboys from Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could indeed also look at it like, you know, well, if they're so, if they're so good, you know, and, and if we want to bring a little bit more of cowboy into the culture of the, of the backbone IT, you know, let's make a marketing manager the guy that's going to change it. So always, the same that I also have is if, if like you know, particularly in the Netherlands, we we are not that advanced yet on equality between men and and female, mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately. And then if we have a program, then we put uh, uh we put a woman on top of it. And then and 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 my wife always said, you know, but if you want to learn something and change something, you should put a man on top of of these kind of diversity programs and not the traditional woman again, you know, because then you start thinking in old patterns. Again, so I think indeed, you know, mixing people will be more proactive in changing rules in order to start uh, uh, changing culture probably could be something which really, really will be cool for for Sweden as well. So yeah, no, completely I... non-technical. 
Yeah, I I agree, and I think it's this is so. That's why this is so valuable for us to discuss. Well, how do we do it in different countries and different cultures, and how can we, how can we mix and match, so to speak? And I think that is is yeah. really uh, one of the beauties that we have within Capgemini, and that we we have all the diverse kind of people uh, and the way where we can collaborate internally as well. Yeah, cool. And yeah. one of the things, hey, you also mentioned again the, the topic of innovation. I know this month is going to be uh, hugely important for you and very exciting uh, since you're going to open the Applied Innovation Exchange in, in Stockholm. Yes. Um, why why Stockholm? You've got you've got Milmo, uh, you've got Gothenburg, you know, you've got so many beautiful cities. Why did you choose Stockholm? I guess the main purpose for Stockholm is is that we have the vibrant startup ecosystem in Stockholm. Over the last five, seven, eight years, the the startup ecosystem in Stockholm, with investors, of course, with the startup themselves, which were the startups that have grown from basically nothing to what they are today. Um, I mean, we have some examples. Spotify, everyone knows about. We have iSaddle, uh, who just became uh, uh, one of the um, um, unicorns as well lo- this this last year, and so so. And there are many of the. We have the King, which is on the gaming industry, Moyang, of course, and so on. And all of they are growing from the same, more or less at least, startup ecosystem here in Stockholm. And, and interesting to see what has happened within the ecosystem itself is that the, the these growing and now more, if not mature startups, almost some of them are, um, they are starting to face, for, of course, the, the growth pain. Um, I mean, for instance, Spotify, they, they are having the issue of legacy systems now. They've been around for so for so long time, so they start realize that hey, the old crap that we have in the basement, we actually need to change that now because it's getting too old. So they have started to feel that, but that is on the technology side. The interesting part is on the investor side, because the these large startups uh, and so actually also the smaller ones, they are investing in other startups. So the ecosystem is start to help itself. So even though we have lots of, of investors coming both out of Sweden and also coming from other countries and from US and so on, um, we see that the, the ecosystem itself grows really fast. And it's really vibrant. It's really every, or within all areas. Um, and of course, for us, building up an applied innovation exchange, what we want to do is to to speed innovation with our clients. And how do we do that? Well, I, I think that the main thing and that we offer is the connectivity to a global ecosystem, which is why we call it exchange, I guess. So how do we then apply innovation when we have startups locally and then also globally that is of course the challenge and that that is also why i think that it's a good option to start off with and uh, with an uh, aie in stockholm but of course we are seeing how how do we make use of the same uh, network in malmo and gothenburg and so on as well yeah okay but uh I have to intervene, Johan, because of course I, I it's totally right what you said the last part. Uh, but of course it's also a lot of blah blah to have a, a, a global network. 
So I'm going to challenge you a little bit. So <laughs> rather do. than you know only having connectivity to to what, what's happening within the group, what are you going to do? Because on the one hand, I, I totally relate to why Stockholm indeed with this whole startup uh, scene. Uh, but coming back to the question that we had earlier, like, you know, w- what are you going to do then? Are you just going to to showcase or impose uh, uh, some startups for clients to work with? Since we both agreed that perhaps the problem is not so much at the front end of the innovation, but it's much more the innovation that needs to take place into the core of the systems. What, what kind of sessions are you going to have over there? So is it just going to be, okay, let's show some fancy stuff. Or is it going to be the innovation in the in the in the core of the of the environment? What, what kind of expectations do you have from uh, from the AIE in Stockholm? Actually, what we have said when we have set up the AIE is that it's not going to be an um, innovation museum. It's not going to be a lot of cool technical stuff. Of course, we'll have some of it, but that's in no way the purpose. The purpose is to work with our clients with, and with the ecosystem to make sure that we create value for them, so be very value-driven. And I think that one of the main values for our clients is then the change within their organization uh, as well, not just the fancy new products or the fancy new uh, stuff. So we had one of the things which is good in Stockholm is that we recently moved office in, in Stockholm as well. So now we are more central. Uh, we also and then created the space w- which will host the AIE as such. Um, and that means, of course, we are closer to our clients. Uh, but it also means that uh, within this environment, when we are bringing in clients, we will start off with, with the first uh, part of it, which is really discovery part. How do we make sure that we r- understand the challenge of our the of our clients? And I think that the it was an interesting thing that the first week of of moving in, we had the first session, and I think I know that was a facilitator. Do you remember the name of that facilitator, Frank? I think it was a brilliant guy. Yeah, it probably was. It probably was. I think I remember it was some someone called Frank who did the facilitation of it, wasn't it? Yeah, and his, his name rhymed with uh, with Lamas. So yeah, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Um, and I think that that was a brilliant session because what we did was we brought in some partners to this uh, to us, and also working with that client. And then, of course, we had a session with them where we first inspired them, and then we made sure that we were looking into what kind of needs do they have. And in this case, it was very specifically within the area of CRM and customer support and so on, Um, making sure that they create a roadmap for what do they need to change. And one of the things that we, I think that, one of the topics that was really uh, discussed uh, and, and the, with this company, whether their COO was there, uh, who was talking about that governance is, of course, and when changing governance, that is changing the way we think and, and the culture as well, of course. Well, what, what, what are your th- thoughts and feelings after that session, which, I, I, again, I think is a, a good example of what kind of sessions that we will host in the AIA. No, I totally agree with you, and of course, therefore, I was uh, I, I wanted to challenge you a little bit on that. But actually, I thought that that session was uh, was a good rude presentation. Um, 
The, the the thing that I would like to prevent, and that is something that actually I had a discussion with a client and we, we talked about innovation centers and he wanted to know a little bit on what Capgemini was doing. But but on the other hand, he said, like, you know, everybody's now having innovation centers. So, you know, everybody's bombarding that, you know, they've got something unique and, and, and I need to visit them and blah, 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 blah. But what what then really is the thing that you that you want to have? And I totally agree with you. I think that the, the beauty of the session that we had was not so much that it was only to showcase about you know this is what the technology could do, which of course is always part of those kind of discussions. And and particularly when, in many cases, when we organize such kind of sessions, it is the first time that business and IT are really taking time to explore something. And and also based on the way how you facilitate, you know, you create a a common purpose rather than that you start with, oh yeah, those guys from IT, you know, yeah, those guys from the business that always ruin my planning process. <laughs> so you know yeah. th- th- that actually brings a unique perspective, and I think a responsibility for companies in our in our industry to do that. And indeed, what happened was that. After uh, the software partners first, uh, you know, uh, showed off uh, in a positive sense the the, the technical capabilities. Yep. The second day was was all about okay, you know, but now you saw what technical capabilities are feasible. But now let's go back to your organization. You know, what are what are the struggles that you have? What are the priorities that you need to set? What are the implications for your organization? You know, how how are you going to structure and organize if you're going to work with this? How are you going to make sure that you know there is a there is an area where you can where you can uh, um, uh, test more? Yesterday, I'm uh, actually I'm currently in the UK. I gave uh, the, the the ending keynote for a testing conference, uh, and and my keynote was about connecting the beats with the bytes, and it was just you know because the the, the the organizers of the conference didn't want to have it only technically about testing but it was also about like you know uh, give a little bit more inspiration so for me the, 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 the my presentation was all about how if you really choose and follow your heart how, how can you ha- with the the help of technology can make a very positive impact on the world yeah and one of the, the the pieces that I showed and that was particularly because one of the elements in order to do that you have to think really big you know stop thinking in small incremental Things because if you are talking about small incremental stuff, you will probably get small incremental followers and not a big change. <laughs> yeah. But I showed off the uh, I showed off the, uh, the 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 movie of the landing of the uh, of, of the of the Falcon Heavy, which I know because when we met for that workshop with the client that we just mentioned, that was I think two days after after that launch. And we yeah. had a big laugh because you and I shared the same experience that we were <laughs> in, in ecstatic for four hours and our wives were completely complaining about our enthusiasm. Oh yes. And and, and the reason and the reason why I showed that video was I started off with the, the landing of those two side uh, rockets. But then I, I showed them a movie which somebody created on the internet where you saw all the failures that led up to the successful uh, landing. So you saw all those rockets explode and you know yep. dropping down and whatever. Yep. And and the, the core message that I wanted to give was like, you know, if you are going to change, if you're going to change your your core in order to become more innovative, you have to start taking some risk. And and the risk can be calculated. Eh? It's it's all about assurance and, and risk are not bad. But but there was one remark uh, of one of the other speakers during the day and and that 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 person said there are only two things for me 
that is learn and succeed. Uh, but you need to make sure that every time when you don't succeed, then you have to learn. Yeah. And I think that was also one of the things that came back from that discussion. And I think that is something that I hope that we will see a lot is like, you know, don't start thinking in failures anymore. And I think particularly in the IT industry, particularly when it came back to some of the core systems and the core environments that we talked about, it was really about, you know, it failed or it was too expensive or it took too long or whatever. Yeah. And, and the moment that we start thinking about, no, it was not too expensive, we learned a lot. Uh, and, and, and because if you only complain, you will never start learning. You will only start blaming. And if you start blaming, your organization doesn't come, uh, any further. And I, nope. and, and that really, I, uh, Johan, I think that, that, that for me is something that, that, uh, I hope, uh, will take place in the, in the Stockholm AIE where we can start indeed leveraging the global ecosystem. <laughs> But actually, you know, we're going to have a lot of learnings uh, and, and, and thereby changing cultures in the organizations, thereby giving the ability to really start solving some of the issues that we have in the core systems. Yeah. No, I, I really looking forward to the same thing. And I think the, it's good examples that you bring up, Frank. Uh, and I th um, without that necessity of, of change and without the drive of hey we, we want to do amazing things um and really start to challenge ourselves to do that i think that we will get stuck and our clients will become stuck as well um but that that is what, what i hope that we could focus on and what i think that that is what we are going to focus on as well then of course delivering value to clients is also about actually delivering projects and delivering other things as well obviously but i think with this without this first part no one uh, will get come that that far that we need to do well i think thereby we can close the loop again uh, johan uh, because yeah. perhaps with the uh, opening of the stockholm aie we create an environment for our clients where they can go back to school again where yeah we can perhaps be the teachers that ha have the change ourselves and thereby can instruct and help our our children or our clients <laughs> really start identifying like you know what what should be the next steps uh, yeah. and thereby changing uh, changing the competencies again at the same time as we of course will be taught by the startups in the way they are doing faster things at the same time as we teach them how to scale. So it's a give and take, of course. Yeah. So let, let's let take the, uh, the the central theme of this podcast. Yeah. Basically, we're all teachers and basically we are all uh, uh, pupils. Uh, and the moment that we start realizing that, the moment that we start behaving on that, probably we will accelerate way faster than uh, than we have done ever before. Yeah, I think I think it was an amazing discussion again, Johan. It 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 went Thanks, a little Frank, bit uh, uh, different sides, but I I, the, I think the, the the essence that came out of it is is actually uh, uh, something that uh, I'm, I will take with me as well. So thanks again for for giving me some insights uh, out of the conversation that we had. If people want to get more information, Johan, where can they follow you? They can follow me at Johan Halberg uh, on Twitter, or they can also find me, of course, on LinkedIn as well as Johan Halberg. Um, and I guess that they can follow you, Frank, on similar um, platforms. Definitely. Follow me at, at Ed on, uh, on Twitter and at on, uh, on LinkedIn. 
for for the youthful ones under us uh, that want to follow me on Instagram, uh, you can follow me on the CTO Perspective. Ah, so thanks for uh, thanks for having this great information, uh, great conversation, Johan. I'm already looking thanks, forward Frank. to the next one. And, yep, me too. Uh, Thank you I a lot for all your knowledge as well. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Everybody enjoy the day and make sure that you remain a pupil and you will act as a teacher. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks, Frank.